Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either super curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus... There are special free gifts waiting inside the show notes, (laughs) curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. And if you're loving the content, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you are not alone on this journey. I am here to help you every step of the way. I sit down with thought leaders, mentors, and everyday seekers to discuss the transformative experiences that lead us closer to our authentic selves. Today, I am thrilled to have a special guest, Marnie Swedberg, a renowned spiritual mentor and author whose stories and insights promise to touch your soul and reignite your inner fire. So whether you're on a quiet walk, commuting, or just taking a moment for yourself, take a deep breath and let's dive into today's enlightening chat. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Marnie Swedberg. She stands out as a global leadership guide, renowned author of 14 books, and the dynamic host of her radio talk show. Behind her written and spoken words, she is a sought-after keynote speaker all across the globe. With a unique blend of energy and serenity, Marnie's journey has navigated through a myriad of challenges from natural disasters like fires and tornadoes to personal trials such as accidents and business hurdles. Yet with every setback, she exemplifies resilience, forward thinking, and a deep-rooted faith. For over a decade, she'd ventured into the realms of the restaurant and retail sectors. Today, she's the driving force behind WomenSpeakers.com, the most intensive online platform spotlighting Christian women speakers. This hub bridges event organizers with speakers across a diverse expertise, budgets, and denominations, a repertoire of over 1,000 speakers. Marnie, a seasoned orator, recently undertook a solo global expedition addressing audiences in four countries across six conferences. Her speaking engagements span prominent corporations like Honeywell and Pillsbury, nonprofits, academic institutions, and Christian events. On the media front, Marnie's blog talk radio show holds a top ranking spot. Her media presence is further amplified by her guest appearances on countless podcasts, TV, radio shows, and being a frequent subject for various print and online publications. Thank you so much, Marnie, for joining me today. It's an honor and a pleasure. 
Gina, so great to be here. I'm so excited to share this time. Yes, me too. And we were just talking about your name (laughs) (laughs) and what it truly means. Can you share with us your beautiful true name? Yes. Yeah. So my name is Marnie and then uh, my middle name is Joy. And unbeknownst to my parents, they named me Joyful Joy, which I think is the coolest thing, right? Because it was kind of a, a mistake if you would say that. And yet it is so exemplary of who I am. I am just joyful. And uh, so my name in Hebrew means joyful. And then my middle name is Joy. So I think it's just so cool. I've heard other people's stories like this too, how their parents named them something and they had no idea what it meant, but it was so profoundly perfect for who that person is. Yes. And I can just feel and see that you are full of joy and I remember my friend and my friend, she unfortunately passed away a long time ago when we were in our twenties, but her middle name was Joy. Her name was Melissa Joy. And she did not like it. She's like, I hate my middle name, but thinking about it, like, it's a beautiful name. I would love to have Joy in my name because I'm always (laughs) joyful and grateful for everything that comes my way now. So I just want to say thank you again. And I just want to talk a little bit about what you do because, uh, there's a word that there was a phrase that came up and I was like, body electric. What is that? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is so cool. I love that because we are full of electricity. At least I am sometimes. (laughs) So, so how does it influence our daily living? Right. So I like to say it like this. So you are a body electric, you are vibrating. And if I took a brick and I put a brick up against the live wire, nothing would happen. But if I took you, which I won't do, but if I took you and put you up against the live wire, boy, uh, it would be a problem because that would be too much energy, right? Into your body, your body wouldn't know how to handle it. But all of our bodies, I like to say when God strung you together, he strung together your 3 billion base pair of DNA in a particular way. And as your body is functioning with those 3 billion base pair of DNA and all of the atoms and cells and everything that's happening behind the scenes of who you are, you're literally vibrating at a unique vibrational level. Now, if I compare that with a radio station right now, where you are, Gina, where I am and where you are, listener, if we were to tune our radios in, uh, turn it on and start looking for channels, we would be able to find channels that are within our area, right? So I'm here in Florida. Gina, where are you? Oh, California. California. We're across the whole country from each other. We're not going to tune into the same stations, right? Because we aren't in that vicinity, but it's kind of like, uh, that's the same with our bodies. Okay. Our bodies are tuning in at the vibrational level that we are functioning at into the things that are coming by our area in our area, in our sphere. And it's so amazing to me that if we turn that radio channel off on our car, if we turn that dial off, we're not getting any radio signals. It's as if they aren't there. But as soon as we turn that radio on, boom, we have some options, right? It's the same way with us as we're living. If we turn off the options that are in our sphere, we don't see them. We don't pay attention to them. We don't know they are there for us. But once we turn on to the reality that we are body electric and that we are actually like a magnet, we are attracting to us the things that we need to be the person that we were created and designed to be, everything changes. 100%. And my mentor, this was during my recovery. I didn't seek out a recovery mentor because I was a drinker for many, many years. 
but she is a mindset coach and she would also tell me about make sure when you wake up you go ahead and tune in your frequency and your tune vibration in. tune in see where you're at and then tune in meaning like okay how are we feeling this morning you know like am yeah. I feeling okay and sometimes we don't feel okay it's like we didn't choose to feel this way it just happens welcome to being a human being here on earth right <laughs> And so she says, you just want to just check in with yourself. And you always have that available where you could just like tune in yourself and then find out what can you do to make you vibrate a certain frequency out there. So that way we can attract what we want to attract and people can, you know, get what they want to get from us and just enjoy life instead of having to wake up so miserable, like how I used to all the time when I was drinking. <laughs> I love that. And, and it, it makes me think of a couple things. Um, so as we're waking up, let's say that we wake up tuned in to a, this is a miserable day channel. You don't have to stay on that channel. That's one of your many options, right? There's choices. And as you were talking about, you know, readjust, realign, we do it with our bodies. Let's say I wake up and I have a little crink in my neck or whatever. I tip my head side to side and I roll my neck around a little bit, trying to get that kink out so that I can feel what? So that I can feel aligned, so that I can feel at peace, right? But sometimes we don't know that we can do that with our emotions and with our thought lives, but we can. I mean, we are made so profoundly. It is amazing how we are strung together and what our bodies can do. So in our minds as well. So yeah, to just know uh, you have some, you have some choices to make every single day and the choices you make are going to affect everything. Absolutely. Yes. We always have a choice. We always have a choice. And then you're very strong in, in your Christian faith. And I said, Jesus is my mentor. He is my everything. He is my God. And I'm starting to see a shift in this world right now when we're shifting into what's called the Christ consciousness. Mm. Now, that's like for in, for me personally, that means like we're all coming together and starting to change our frequency and our vibration into that consciousness where we're learning more about ourselves and our priorities and speaking about life priorities, because we are in a world that we're always, we have to do what we're told to do, you know, it's like a, a lot of pressures of individuals to conform to things, you know, whatever the government says for us to do. How can one stay true to their unique self? Well, I think, I think first of all, is to believe that you are unique and that that's not a mistake, that the way you are is exactly how you're supposed to be. The way you were designed is exactly how you're supposed to be. And there are um, role models for us in our world today who function with no arms or no legs or with, um, you know, with huge challenges who are just out there telling us, you know, uh, how I was born is the way I was created to be. And there is goodness here. There is good here in me. And so, first of all, to just say it is true that I am OK the way I am. And I can be this way. And then to find within, you know, within the umbrella of remaining under the law, mostly, mostly Jeannie, you know, there's no problem for us to be fully who we are under, under the law. We don't have to worry about that. As long as that's our focus, like, oh, these laws are just making me, you know, minimize myself. Not at all. I think the focus needs to be, how can I be fully me? and remain uh, loyal or maybe legal. <laughs> change, change what you're looking at, change what you're looking at. And you can find ways to do it. You can find ways to do it. So I, I just feel like that should never be, that should never be something that would hold you back. I think there are ways 
to do you exactly the way that you were created to do. Absolutely. Now, how do you balance the demands of like modern life and prioritize what truly matters? Yeah, prioritization is the key. And it goes back to understanding who you are and why you're here. So that, you know, it comes always back to your identity. What are you supposed to be doing with your life? And once you have like your mission, vision, your identity locked in, and and if you guys haven't done this work yet, do that work because you are not a mistake. You are not here by accident. And we actually need you to be doing what you were created to do. And we all, it all works together. So if we go back to the body electric um, analogy, the, the whole world is energized. It's not just our bodies. The whole world is energized. We need the garbage men. We need the dentists. I would never like to do any of those jobs, but we need them, right? And we can't actually work. It can't work without all of us doing our part, what we were, what we're here for. So then as you say, okay, what am I really here for? And you know your mission, your vision, your purpose for being here. Then when you go forward and prioritizing, it's not that hard to prioritize because actually some of the things literally aren't for you to do. So at that moment, then the only challenge is, are you willing to say no? And for, especially for women, but all of us struggle with, you know, the puppy eyes and they're like, okay, if you could just help me out, I really just need your help right now. And I know you can do it. And I know you do an awesome job and all that, you know, and you're looking into this person's eyes. And the problem here isn't that you couldn't do it because you know, you could, right? The problem is that if you say yes to this question right here, you have automatically said no to something else. When I say no to something, I have said yes to something else. So once you are really clear about why you're here, what you're supposed to be doing, then in that moment when you're getting the the plea and you know know that somehow you'd be able to do this, it might topple some things off your platter, but you know you could, and this person really wants you to do it. In that moment, you need the courage and the confidence to say, to say, I would so love to do that for you, but I know that I can't because, and you don't even have to give a reason, but I tell you what, to your own brain, you do have to give a reason. Otherwise you won't be able to say no. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to know that by saying no, you are saying yes. And if you say yes to what you're created to do, then what happens is that equilibrium works. Sometimes you're busier than other times. I say, you know, there's new baby times during new baby times, I mean, you're going to be dead tired, literally dead tired. And if somebody says to you, oh, you just need to get more sleep, you'll be like, well, I will as soon as the baby sleeps through the night. <laughs> we yeah, can't do right. it right now. I say new baby, new business, new book, whatever. Uh, but but if it's on and on like that, you're saying yes to too many things. You're saying yes to things that aren't supposed to be on your plate. And so you have to just step back and say, what am I really here to do? And then be willing to say no, so that you can say yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. Um, for me. Okay. So my sister reminded me a couple of things. My sister, she's a nurse. God bless her. You know, she's a sweetheart. Love her. But I don't think I can be that because I'm, right. once I see blood, I'm like, okay, I want to go pass out. <laughs> I can't even see my own blood, let alone when I pour my children. I'm like, okay, let me put the yeah. bandit up. But I try to do it like quickly. It's just something about it. So I, I agree with you. Like, some things that we're just not aligned to do. And I've noticed that a lot with the corporate world where a lot of the employees are like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. 
it doesn't align to my values anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. They don't like to be told what to do, how <laughs> to do it, and what time things need to be done by. And people are starting to recognize their gifts, what they love, what they enjoy, what brings them joy, <laughs> mm -hmm. and what 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 their passions are. And so they're just like, you know what, I want to really dive into what I want to do. Maybe they want to like learn different things that always interest them, but perhaps they never pursued it because they're just like, you know what, maybe I wasn't good enough, but they need the, that courage to say, oh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then they're like, oh, I didn't know I was good at this, but I really like this. And then they take yeah. off. That's what I'm noticing a lot right, right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's so important for all of us to recognize that we have both and there. Okay. So whatever you feel like every morning, the sun's going to come up at the appropriate time and the sun's going to set that night at the appropriate time. It's so specific that we can clock it like uh, right now where we are, it's around seven o'clock. But, uh, but if I look online, it's going to tell me the exact minute the sun's going to set tonight and I can count on that. So when we're talking about deadlines and things like that, um, we're always going to have those in our world. It, it, would, it would be utter chaos if we did not have some kind of deadlines. And we know that, for example, a physical body, you would not want to have a blood pressure that is 170 over 110. That would be a bad place to be. You want to be 120 over 80 or somewhere around that area. So we have all these boundaries that are built into the world, into culture, into work, that kind of thing. And we don't get to say, well, because I don't feel like doing that, that isn't going to apply to me, you know? So I want, you know, I want to bring this in in a reasonable way here. Having said that, I found that when I was a young adult, I was, I was working, um, I was working a temp job and I would go from place to place because I needed a lot of variety in my life. Uh, I would go from, uh, business to business, just filling in for people who were missing that day. And I would, I was fine with that until I got locked into the same place and it was over a week and I was doing the same boring, boring thing every single day. And it was over a week and there came an afternoon and I started to feel ill about, mm -hmm. uh, about four o'clock. And I said, I need to leave early. And then the next day I started started to feel ill about two o'clock. And then the next day I couldn't make it until noon. And I thought I've become allergic to this job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but what I actually became allergic to and recognized then, oh, wow, I simply cannot do the same things over and over every day after every day. There are other people who literally love that. They love to just go to work, to do the same, you know, drilling in that same screw into that same part of the same machine every day, all day long. Their brains can just wander wherever they want. When they go home, they don't think of work ever again. I mean, there are people that are like that, thank God, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get all the work done, right? And so let each other be who we are, uh, but just recognize who you are. So that was kind of where after that experience for me, and that wasn't the first time, but after that experience for me, I realized, oh my goodness, I love structure, but I need a lot of variety or I just go, my brain actually just can't handle it. Yes. And I think that's a lot of things that we need is structure. Now you also have something called the ABCs of success. Can you <laughs> break down your foundational principles for achieving, yeah. for achieving success? 
I love this. And this is a long program. I love to do this with groups where we have time to break into smaller groups and to brainstorm and stuff. But right here, let me just give you the ABCDE because that's what it is, ABCDE. So A stands for assess everything and assign it a value. B is for batch. C is for calculate. D is for delegate or do it. And E is for evaluate. So if we go back up to assess and assign value, let's say that your family now has moved and you are doing a new job and this job requires a 45 minute each direction commute. Okay, now you have an hour and a half per day that you didn't used to have where you're commuting. How are you going to assign that a value so that you're not just spending an hour and a half every day wishing you were home or fighting the traffic or whatever, you actually can turn your automobile just into a, a learning center or into um, this is the time when I call the people in my life, or this is the time when I pray and I connect with God, or this is the time, whatever, <laughs> whatever you decide to assign the value to that. Whenever you assess something, you make a decision and you say, yes, I want this in my life. Then you have to assign it a value and you have to give it meaning. So like Abby, uh, Gabby Douglas, uh, an Olympian, she said, the hardest days are the best days. The hardest days are when Olympians are, are created. So she went to the point where the days that were the worst, the most painful, the days she got injured, those were the days that made the difference between a gold medal or not. And she assigned those days a value so that when she was in excruciating pain, she could get herself to go on. Uh, as you assign value to something you've assessed the need to have in your life, it changes your it changes your outcomes dramatically because now you've not only accepted that this is your assignment, but you have given it a value that actually works for your brain. It's kind of like getting yourself to be able to say no. You have to know that you're saying yes. Otherwise, you won't get yourself to say no when you're supposed to. Again, if you've assigned, if you've assessed it and it needs to be part of your life, assign it a value that you love and that will make all the difference. So B is for batch. Batching is that uh, we do this all the time when we get gas for our vehicles. We don't put a gallon in and then drive, you know, 10 miles and 20 miles and get another gallon. We put a whole bunch in at once. Same with making a batch of cookies. You know, you don't, you can't really, uh, an egg doesn't divide down that far. But yet with things like emails or things like our um, budgets or whatever, sometimes we do these just every single time we get a bill, we sit down and pay it. Don't do that. Just do it, do it once a month or do a set it up automatically batch things that can be batched so that you have, uh, you have the freedom to actually use your other, use those minutes. Uh, I learned this when we first bought our restaurant. It was the first time we owned a brick and mortar and I was responsible for the restaurant. And I would uh, pay at the end of the day, she, the former owner had paid the bills every day at the end of the day. So it would, the restaurant would close down. You'd clean up now it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, then you would sit down and pay the bills. And I thought, my goodness, why am I doing this every night? I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this. Uh, so I just reached out to the vendors and I said, can I pay you every other week? Can I just, you know, stretch this out? Sure, they were all fine with that. Got to the point where they were all fine with every 30 days was fine. I just one time a month would pay all the bills instead of every single day. But if you're not thinking about areas you can batch, and this is one of the times when I love to have people brainstorm with each other because there are hundreds of things we can batch. And so you don't have to be, you know, uh, going through every little thing, doing it individually. Should I go on to calculate? 
You can go on as much as you want. Okay. Yes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> right, okay. So C is for calculate. This is where you want to really identify how much is this, how much is this going to cost me and how much is it worth? We we use the word return on investment or whatever. But if we just use the little calculation that um, investment divided by results equals the priority. When you calculate how much this is going to cost you, you have a whole different perspective of what you're doing. So if um, I had a friend who, when I was early married, she just figured out that um, if, if she would just look at her expenditures, what she was spending money on, say, how many hours does this cost me? How many hours do I have to work to actually get this one thing? She, it changed how she spent money. And if we would do that with our relationships with, it doesn't, ROA isn't always money. Sometimes it's um, the love we feel. Sometimes it's how much joy something brings us. Um, you know, just look at the ROI. What is it that you're going to get out of what you're investing here? And like, for example, before you sit down to watch a television show, <laughs> what is your ROI on it? How, what are you going to get out of that? Does it really relax you? Because like for me, it doesn't relax me. I actually need to do something different to relax me. Um, something that's very relaxing to me is listening to, um, I like to listen to music or listen to scripture or listen to a wonderful talk in my headset while I'm doing a puzzle, um, a simple puzzle, like a 300 piece. I don't want to do a really elaborate one, but a simple puzzle at night. Sometimes that's what I just do for half an hour. Just relax, calm down. And that's so relaxing. Um, so you want to make sure that you're not just entertaining your brain, but you're actually relaxing your brain if that's your goal. Uh, so then we move to D and D is delegate or do it. And I work with a lot of leaders and entrepreneurs and uh, managers like that. And one of the things that we have a hard time to do is to delegate, right? Because we feel like nobody can do it as well as we can. And the other thing is we feel like um, it's expensive, right? And then I have to pay somebody. I don't have the money or whatever like that. So I always just say we are all fantastic at delegating already. So I want to give you permission to delegate more by pointing out that you already delegate most of your food production and everything to the grocery store. You make sure that you're not having to grow all your own cows and all, you know, all your own <laughs> eggs and grind all your own flour. I mean, it's so great to just go to the grocery store and delegate that to them. And yeah, do you pay for it? Yep, you actually do. But you're already used to that. So you don't think of it as delegation. We delegate our mail delivery. Uh, you don't fly across the country to deliver a piece of mail. We delegate all kinds of things. So as you're growing your ministry, your business, or whatever you're doing, as you're growing that and stepping into a position that has more responsibility, you need to delegate more. And then what you want to make sure never to delegate are the things that only you can do, the things you were actually created to do. And so, for example, I would not delegate being on your podcast, Gina, to someone else. This is something only I can do. Nobody else can say it the way I do. Nobody else can be me. I, there are things only you can do, but now, uh, organizing, uh, organizing being on your podcast. Yeah. I delegate that to Tammy. She takes care of all that for me. She's See, great. And isn't she great? So, you know, there are things you can delegate and there are things you shouldn't delegate. And then E is for evaluate. And this is where it kind of comes full circle. I call the A and the E, the bookends of the ABCs, because the E is the key. Continue to evaluate. Is this still working for me? Is this still what I need to be spending my time on? I even have a little timer beside my desk. And when 
I'm not on a, on a, in a meeting or on a live, when I'm working a project of any kind at my desk, I set my timer for 20 minutes and every 20 minutes, when it beats at me, I just check in and I'm like, is this still what I'm supposed to be doing right now? And then I go forward because if we don't evaluate and some things you'll only evaluate once a year or maybe even once every 10 years. Um, but if you never evaluate, sometimes you can just do this slide kind of down, <laughs> you can slide and you don't even know you're sliding. You just are, you know, it's no longer relevant. You're just wasting time. Wow. This is amazing. I might have to like re-listen to my own podcast because <laughs> there's so many nuggets in there and like take all the notes and like, oh, because I always like, I'm, I'm very good at memorizing things when I drop down mm. notes and I just yes. something about me. So these are fantastic. And you're so right. I used to be a yes, ma'am to everything. Mm -hmm. And yes. I was like, yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, I don't want to do that because it doesn't align to my values. <laughs> so yeah. I've, learned, I've learned that. And I've learned yeah. to also use those challenging times as growing opportunities. Or I, yes. I would ask myself like, God, what am I supposed to learn during this time right now? Mm -hmm. What am I learning during this time? Or what trials? Mm -hmm. And you notice I get the the trials before the testaments, the 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 blessings after all of those um the things that we go through, but they're necessary in order for us to evolve and to grow right. and then to help others uh, who are going through the same process or going through yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So thank you so much for bringing that up and delegation. That's, that's something that I need to start doing because I am like a one woman show and I'm like, no, no, Gina, you don't need to be doing everything on your own, but it's hard to find people. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me to find people who can do, do it the way you mm. do it. <laughs> So I actually just this year now, I just released a training program over at udemy.com called um, Outsource with Ease. And it's how to find uh, people who will do a great job for you. Um, and, and it's my exact system, what I do all the time. So I use a lot of outsourcers to help me. <laughs> what was it called again? Outsource with Ease? Outsource with Ease. And it's over at udemy.com. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah, that will be in the show notes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and I want to talk about like transformation, the pers perspective transformation. Hmm. How important is perspective in shaping our experiences and our outcomes? It's just, it's just, it's everything. It's how you're looking at everything. It's how you are looking at everything that determines how it looks and feels to you. So two people can be in exactly the same situation and have two radically different experiences. So I was on a, I was on a trip, one of these uh, trips that I took around the world at, we were in Kenya and we were in a, in a church situation and there were, there were actually demons present in the church. Okay. So in America, we don't really see this much. Like the demons in America, like hide all the time. Like they're, they're like, don't <laughs> like to come. It's, a, you know, I mean, it's like at Halloween, you see, you know, skulls and stuff like that. But most of the time you don't see much of, you know, much of that here. It's just a different plan for the United States that try to be invisible. But when you go to other countries, like witch doctors and all that stuff, it's just normal. I mean, that's normal. It's just out in the open. So we're in this meeting and um, I was just, I just did the meeting, you know, it's like, I was just with, with God in the meeting and we were just having a great time and uh, God was doing what he was doing in hearts and all that. And I was just journeying along. Well, afterwards, one of the other people that had gone on the trip with me did her, uh, we did, we did our, you know, kind of post reports, you know, and she did her video report and I was watching it. I was like, it was, it was, it was, 
were in a different building because she was noticing that like there were demons uh, expressing themselves over on the side over here during while I was doing my thing up here. And uh, like at one point, at one point, a, a, a lady picked up a man and threw him and I mean, she just had like supernatural power like the demons were right there just acting out like that and I was just doing what God was calling me to do in the moment I didn't even notice that was going on I noticed I noticed that there was some disturbance over there but the reason I didn't notice what was going on was because it was not my place mm. to be involved in that right then so I was focused on what I was supposed to be focused on, which was the several under hundred people who weren't involved in that. And God was taking care of that over there with those people who were involved in that. We were in the same room, having the same thing go on, and we saw very different things. So what I'm just saying is if you're going to be focused on, let's say the analogy here on the evil that is present, if that's what you're focusing on all the time, that's what you will always see the evil that's present. If you're focusing on the good that's present, that's what you will see is the good that's present. Does it mean that there's only good or only evil? No, there's a combination of all, all the time. And there are times, I mean, there are times when I'm supposed to get involved and help somebody get free from some evil. Um, and I'm happy to do that at the time that I'm supposed to do it. But I feel like our perspective uh, does change everything. And I like to use the analogy of a pair of uh, corrective gla glasses or lenses. So I was nearly blind. I had very thick glasses from the time I was small. And uh, when I went to have LASIK surgery, I went with my sister and she had a bet going with her office that she had the worst vision of anybody in the office. And so they had all written down their prescription numbers, you know, uh, 280 over 20 or whatever it was. And so we got to the clinic where we were going to have LASIK surgery surgery to correct our vision. And uh, I was going to have it one day and she was going to have it the next day. And so we went in and they did the pre-check and she said, what, what's our number? And the ladies get ladies like, oh no, you definitely need LASIK surgery. And we like, well, we know we need it. But she said, I've got a bet going. I need to know my number. And she said, some people were like 400 over 20. And she said, I need to know my number. And she said, she said to us, oh, we don't really have a number for you. We just call you count finger. And we're like, what does that mean? <laughs> they stand 20 <laughs> feet away and they hold up two fingers or one finger. And they say, how many fingers do I have held up? And we can't see that. And so just nearly blind, right? In a three minute surgery, three minute surgery, I went from nearly blind to 2020 vision. Oh. Did that change my perspective? Oh, wow. It changed my perspective about everything. Because I could go without glasses and now I could see very clearly. I could see everything just crystal clear. And so when, when we're talking perspective, man, you guys, there are places in your life where you are nearly blind and you don't even know it. <laughs> you're, you're looking, you're looking at the world through a lens that isn't working for you. And you need to just have a little perspective transformation there and get a little LASIK surgery on that area in your life. And you'll be able to see things more clearly. And we all have areas like this in our life. The Bible calls it like a plank in your eye. Don't worry about everybody else's problems because you got problems of your own. But when we work together, when we're all doing what we're designed to do, what we're here to do, what the beautiful thing then is that um, we're working together, helping one another to be healed in the areas where we're broken and stuck and, and wounded and, and coming into a place of health. 
and good perspective, not only physically, of course, we want to help each other get better, but also emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially, in all these ways. And all of those, yes. Oh my goodness. So you you brought up a, a good point because I remember in 2020, and I think there's a reason why it's called 2020. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> the 2020 vision. This is where, for me anyway, I started really waking up. I started already waking up when I got sober in 2017, mm-hmm. but I was really waking up and I was blind. And it's no wonder why they would advertise, oh, drink, drink, make it glamorous and this, because right. it made us numb and made us not see mm-hmm. the world um, we only saw it through, well, for me, I'm speaking through my own experience. I saw the world as this complete vanity world. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen or read the book yeah. Pilgrim's Progress. Yes, I love that book. I love that book too, where they're talking about where there's going into the world was all like, I think it was called, I forget what it was called, something, but it was talking about vanity and they had the gambling and then they had yeah. all like, <laughs> You know, the part, this is a false everything, but that's the world I was living in. And it wasn't until I got sober minded that I started seeing things more clear. But then taking that pause in 2020 with family, with husband, you know, mm-hmm. and being together, even though, yes, you know, I had two uncles pass away, unfortunately, um, but it did help some families learn more about who they are. And right. so, and then that opened up our eyes a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. No, I think so too. And, and I feel like, um, kind of backwards almost like in 2020, I feel like what we lost was we lost the vision of truth where we could have, we thought before 2020 that we could look to the government or to the news stations or whatever for the truth. And what we all came to find in 2020 was that there wasn't really any stable place to look for the full truth. And it's probably always had been true before that. But uh, I think in 2020, we all realized, oh, wow, uh, we're going to get a totally different story based on which channel we're watching, which goes back directly to this conversation about perspective. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I I wrote a book, um, just got released this year called Spiritual Growth. And it's a safe place for you to explore your spirituality because so many of uh, so many people in the world right now are very confused about who to listen to and what to listen to. And what my heart was in writing that was to provide just a space where you could just individually with yourself, just sit and say, what am I really looking for in a spiritual guide? What am I, what do I really want? Because there's all kinds of people telling you all kinds of things you should believe. But deep down in your heart of hearts, down in the core of you, you know what you're really looking for in a God. And that's the one you want to find. So I love writing that book and have had some fun stories come out of that about uh, people, you know, just like who were just going from, you know, grasping from thing to thing to thing to thing, you know, and you hear these people, you know, I was Catholic and then I was this and I was that and then I was Eastern and, you know, whatever. And uh, there is, there is a home, there is home for you. There is home for you. And so that's my heart in writing that is to help the perspective. But if you don't ask questions, you don't even know what you're not thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's, that is true. And I always have this photo and it's, it's a cartoon, but you have one, it's a girl, you know, she's just, it's raining. She's in the rain like this. And then yeah. you just have the same girl next to her reading like 
like this. Head but down, it's the yeah. same scenario, <laughs> same everything, but it's how right. we view it, you know? And so exactly, life is so incredible. And I'm on this incredible journey right now. And I'm like learning so much. Like, I'm just like, wow, okay. I The more I'm knowing, the more I know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, man, I don't know anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just an incredible journey. And I am just mm. so grateful that I am... I'm just here at this on these times. And like you had mentioned before, you know, we are, we're not a mistake. We're here Mm -hmm. for a reason uh, during this time. (laughs) And it's just for us to tap into who we truly are. And then, like you said, dark, we, we already know, (laughs) you know, well, you know, we actually do. (laughs) We actually do. It's, it's kind of amazing. I think, I think one of my greatest roles is to just give people permission to get really excited and delighted about who you are. And and, I I like to say, you just hold up your thumb and that one inch of skin on the back of your thumb there can convict you or acquit you of a crime in a court of law. Just one inch of you. That's how unique you are. If you took your whole self, you are so unique and, and totally not a mistake. And so just, yes. And find the help you need, find the help you need. Don't just stay stuck um, thinking how you've been thinking or um, even maybe worse, how other people have told you to think. Ask yeah. God. I mean, he created you. Ask God. How what, How did you create me? What do you want me to be? How, well, how do you want me to be? And it's so beautiful because before we can ever do at a level that is truly exciting for us, we have to be who we were created to be. And then when we do what comes naturally out of the being, the human being that we are, then we start doing things that are the natural flow from that. And boy, it is so exciting and delightful and work becomes delight. It is no longer uh, a dredge. Uh, Monday mornings, I love Monday mornings. I've come off the weekend just um, rested and excited to go back into work again. And uh, the days fly by. I think when we know who we are and then we discover what we are here to do and start doing those things. It just changes everything. Yes. And Mondays are mini New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's fun. I love that. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. And because people are conditioned. I know I was, mm-hmm. I was, I'm one of them. I was conditioned into this worldly things, you know, how we had to seek outward to, to find ourselves, but fulfill, really right. fulfill. Yeah. And, but we really need to go inward In. And mm-hmm. this is where we discover our creative side as well when we yes. when we do so. So how do you approach problems, you know, creatively and think mm-hmm. outside the box? Yeah. So I think the number one thing to be able to free up your creativity is to release the fear. Mm-hmm. So a problem is going to typically result in an instant reaction, uh, something that we don't you don't sit around thinking, oh, I should be afraid of this. It's not like that. It's like if you hit your thumb with a hammer, you wouldn't say, oh, that should hurt. No, it just hurts. <laughs> You're going to react. It hurts, right? You can feel that right now. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with the problem. When And the bigger the problem, the bigger the fear, the bigger the pain. Uh, so in order to think creatively, you have to have something to do with that fear or that pain, that concern. Okay. So that's again, where the spiritual side of things really comes in, uh, for me knowing for sure 
that I was designed, created, placed on planet earth for such a time as this, that God is walking with me, that I get to connect with God anytime I want. Um, I don't have to wait for church. I don't have to wait for somebody else. I just can connect with God anytime. And one of the things I just got in the habit of doing, uh, Gina, is if it like, usually I just say, Jesus, 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 over and over in an extremely uh, stressful moment, just in my mind, I'm just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, the Bible says there's no other name greater than that name. There's just, it's like no other name that because he was like no other man, he was a God man. And so that's what makes it so powerful. But I just would call out to Jesus. And sometimes if it was too intense and I couldn't get out two syllables, I would just start with God, 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 God. And then I would move to Jesus as soon as I could breathe. Uh, but having the the confidence that I'm not alone. I am not alone. And not only am I not alone, but the God who is with me is all powerful. And does that mean I will never have a struggle? No, it does not mean that. It's like, if you said to the little egg, the little bird in the egg, um, you will not have a struggle. I'm just going to crack this open and I'm going to let you out. That bird would never fly. Because what you pointed out earlier is exactly the truth. It is the struggles that make us stronger. Anybody who's ever done weightlifting or bodybuilding or developed muscles of any kind knows for a fact, if you don't feel at least some, you know, discomfort, you're not really building muscles. <laughs> you are acting, you're moving your body, but you're not really building muscles. So it in, in order for us to really grow to the level of excellence and the level of um, being able to provide things to the world that God intended for us to do and all in a way that is enjoyable for us. And we have to struggle from time to time. Mm -hmm. So when a pain point comes, when something comes that is difficult for us to handle, if we have this confidence and we know that God is with us and that he's going to help us through it, that changes back to perspective again, because this is also circular, right? So mm -hmm. it's back to perspective again. That perspective changes how we experience it. And I know some of you who are listening to have uh, are women who have had children Have you've tried the Lamaze breathing method and it didn't work for you. Okay. Not everything works for everybody, but I did use Lamaze and I had three babies. My longest, my longest labor was 24 hours mm. and I used Lamaze and I didn't have to have drugs for any of my deliveries, even though uh, they were all very intense. Um, and one of them even had Pitocin. So that was super intense, but uh, that one was nine hours, but it was very intense. But because I knew how to focus my attention off of the pain onto something beautiful, I was able to do those labors and deliveries without drugs. So the analogy here then is when we have something beautiful, and hope filled to focus our attention on during the fear and the pain filled points in our lives that changes how we walk through them. So your question was, what do you do with problems? And my answer is, of course, you're going to have to deal with the problem. But the first thing that you want to do is get out from under the intense fear and hopelessness, the despair or the disappointment, the sadness or the grief that comes with it. And you do that by sharing it 
with a powerful, loving friend. And so I always go to Jesus um, because he's always available. I have other friends who can help me, uh, but I, I, I like going to Jesus first because he's just always with me. And so that's that's where I go. And then he helps walk me through any of the challenges that I've had. And and Gina, I, you didn't go through the list. Um, it, you mentioned some of the things, but literally, I mean, in my family, we've had sudden death. We've had cancer. We've had head injuries and surgeries and ambulance drives. That's just in the family. Um, we've had a sinking boat, car wrecks, business setbacks. We've had burglaries, lightning strikes, fires. I mean, we have been through a few things. So when I tell you that it is possible to walk through challenges in peace, the challenging part is not peaceful, but that's out here. And that's the same you were talking about. You were looking for your joy from outside, right? Let's go get the the drinks and the gambling and the, the, all the things that the commercials tells us we can have. Mm-hmm. That's all external. That's all external. That's why it doesn't lasting feed our souls. Mm-hmm. But when we find our peace from within, where Jesus Christ can live inside of us, when we can always tap into that peace. I mean, it's just amazing. It's just amazing uh, to have access to peace in the middle of crazy storms. Oh my goodness. That was so beautiful. Whatever you said there, I'm like, wow, that's just beautiful. (laughs) I have here like a a, a list of God's promises framed. Mm. You know, I had created it and then my husband went ahead and blew it up and Mm. framed it for me. I'm like, what is this gift? I'm like, this is like one of the best gifts (laughs) you're giving me. I love, I love things like that. You know, I even enjoy date nights where we're just walking around the lake. Not, not, it wouldn't be a nighttime actually, it would be during the day, but like date days that we just walk around the lake and just sharing each other's Mm -hmm you know, day and what's been going on with us mentally, physically. And just those are the most intimate moments for me is when I'm connected to God because I love nature. I love nature. (laughs) I feel like I can feel God's presence. And I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you so much for just letting me be in your presence. Like I I feel it. And I know people are having struggles getting, uh, getting, getting to know God, their God. Jesus is my God, but their God. What are some ways people can actually start exploring God and having a relationship with him? Yeah. So I really feel like if you just, if you're serious and you, so I always say, don't, don't try to like uh, be cute with God or whatever. God is, God is God. And so he, he knows everything. So don't try to hide anything. And one of the, one of my favorite things about walking with God is that he loves authenticity. He really, he really loves you to just be honest, be honest with him. Uh, don't be maybe snarky, but be honest. <laughs> and so, so I think, you know, just start asking God, if you're real, will you just show me if you're real? How can I see you? How can I know you show yourself to me? I mean, I know so many people who have asked that question and God has revealed himself to them because they seriously were earnestly looking for him. And so if you're looking for a God that you can manage, that's not going to be the God, God. God, God has to be bigger than your managerial skills. He has to be bigger than what you can even comprehend. And he is going to wow you every day. And I think that's what we're talking about, Gita, here is living this wow level life where, yeah, I mean, you, you've got stuff going on that is so painful, but somehow there's peace and joy in the midst of that. How does that work? I wouldn't try to 
imagine how to make that work without God helping me, but because God is available. So yeah, I would just say, just start by asking. I, I would encourage you if you're resonating with anything that I'm saying here right now, just get the book, Spiritual Growth. It's available at Amazon or any bookseller. Um, it's just look it up or go to my website, marnie.com. And just, you can see all of my books there and everything. And just, uh, I, I like, uh, I love the analogy of, uh, of a straw. So like we are thinking that we are, I'm holding up a bottle of water right now, but we are thinking that we are the water that people need. And so whether we're going to work and serving there, or we're serving our family, or we're out in the community serving the homeless or whatever we're doing, uh, we're thinking that we're bringing refreshing water with our life. Our life is that refreshing water that they need, but actually how we were actually created to serve was to be filled with refreshing water and then to serve as the straw so that people can just take a drink from our lives and we are not depleted. So whenever you say things like, I ran out of gas, uh, they've sucked me dry, I don't have anything left to give, it's because internally you were giving what you had and you ran out. Mm -hmm. But what's really beautiful is that when we get what's inside of us from God, and that's how we're created to be is a vessel. We're created to be a vessel where God can actually live inside of us. And then when others drink on our lives, they get actually the fresh re water of God, which is, which is so much better than what I can give. And, but it comes through my life in a way that nobody else can do it. Like when I come on your show, Gina, I'm like no other guest you've had because this information is flowing through me and through my mind and my experiences differently than it would through anybody else's. Right? right. So you're still completely your unique self. It's not like he's, it's not like God wants to take over your unique self and make you into a robot. Not at all. He's wanting to actually use exactly who you are, but then make it even better than you can do on your own. And what an opportunity, what an invitation. What an invitation. Yes. I love that. No, there's just so much information and then I can go on forever. <laughs> I just love our conversation. <laughs> but I want to know where people can find you. I know you mentioned Amazon, but it, yeah. your websites, uh, people where yeah. they can find you and follow you. You know what? I just encourage you to just go to marnie.com, which is just M-A-R-N-I-E.com. And everything I do is there. Just kind of find the thing that resonates with you and start there. I do have a mentorship program, a group coaching program. That's just a monthly and you get access to every last thing. So you'd get all my books and everything all included in one package. And if, if you don't know where to start, just start there and you can always just cancel anytime or whatever, but, um, but just start somewhere. I, you know, what happens a lot, Gina is after people hear a conversation like ours and your heart is stirred and you're like, something I'm missing something I think I'm I think I'm like one of those blind places somewhere here but I just don't know where to begin <laughs> uh, and, and then what you do is you just because you're used to being blind there you just keep on fumbling your way around um, but you don't have to do that literally so many times it is one aha moment one perspective shift that can change your entire life going forward the I the LASIK surgery that I had, Gina, was so life-changing for me. I went from being literally blind to being able to see. <laughs> it wow. was crazy. And wow. it took three minutes. Wow. But what it took before those three minutes was for me to become aware that I needed help. 
for me to research and find the help I needed, for me to invest in the surgery I needed, for me to travel and go there and actually lay on that table. <laughs> right. Let them burn that stuff off of my eye and I could smell my skin burning. <laughs> it was a little uh, traumatic, right? You're right. And then there was a couple of weeks of recovery, but then everything is clear. And so you're listening right now and you're like, I just don't even know where to begin. Well, just start somewhere. Take a step forward today. Don't just stay blind. Step into somewhere where somebody can shine some light in there and help you see a little better. And, you know, and there's so many ways that this can happen. And I'm not saying you're totally blind at all. I mean, my eyes were blind, but I could see just fine through glasses. And I mean, the rest of me was pretty fine. So, I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm not saying anybody's just here. You're just all blind and you don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> just we have areas in our life, right? where we could use some help. And so just visit Marnie.com or find somebody that really resonates with you and, and, and take a step forward. Oh, wonderful. It's been a pleasure, Marnie. You're amazing. <laughs> so fun to be here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Keep doing what you're doing. And I want to stay huh. in contact with you because I love what you're doing. <laughs> Thank Sounds you so good. much. Thank you. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.